Hey everyone, welcome to Impact Marketer. Today's guest is founder of Juan, single-handedly creating one of the biggest pet protection networks across the United States. What started, started as a six-month sabbatical for being a solutions architect transformed into founding Juan, which is a startup that uses your smartphone and a Bluetooth smart tag to locate lost pets. He's been able to bootstrap and get to more than 2,000 users nationwide. Juan has been featured on Hallmark, Reader's Digest, San Fernando Valley Business Journal, and Gifsby. We've also worked with over half a dozen rescue groups from Dogs Without Borders, Wags and Walks, and Angel City Pitbull, Pit to name a few. He's been able to take one of his greatest fears, which is losing his dog, and create a, create a phenomenal product that sells itself, which, clearly, which nearly cleared out his inventory as it went viral in upstate New York last year. Please help me in welcoming Gilad Rom. Hi, great to be here. Glad to have you, man. Um, so, you know, normally we have a bunch of marketers on this podcast, but after hearing your story and meeting you, um, I thought this would be tremendous value for any marketer, growth hacker, or entrepreneur looking to get into e-commerce. So thanks for being on. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy, uh, happy to um, answer any questions you might have and, and share my story. Cool. So on today's Talk of the Day episode, first question is, you know, you, you spent nearly a decade as a solutions architect, um, you know. For our listeners that don't know what that is, could you explain that briefly? Sure. Um, so I was part of a small startup in Israel, actually, which is where I'm from. And uh, we were building a um, high-performance video server, um, which powered a lot of uh, cable companies' back-end um, video-on-demand infrastructure and remote storage DVR, so they would take your DVR at home and they would build a private cloud um, and record all the shows for you uh, on their cloud instead of sending you a DVR as part of your subscription. Um, and so we built that and my job, uh, I started as a, as a software engineer and my job as a solutions architect meant that I knew the software very well, but I would actually go and talk to our customers talk to their engineering teams and help them architect their system and deploy our solutions into their environment. Very cool. Um, and why did you leave the corporate world? Well, um, working for a startup was great. I've always worked for uh, small companies, but back in 2014, um, our startup was acquired by Ericsson, which is a giant uh, international company and we went from being you know when I joined the startup we were seven people and then uh, by the end by 2014 we were 115 and then we were acquired by a company with 115,000 people um, and um, you know it's, it's great if all you want to do is kind of get paid and do the bare minimum then a company like that is great uh, you don't really have to do anything you don't have to be exceptional uh, you just have to show up. Um, sometimes you don't even have to show up and you get paid and uh, you kind of sit in your corner and not do anything. And it really frustrated me that to do something, I had to go through seven different middle managers and get approval and uh, various teams. And uh, it really, nothing could get done very efficiently or easily. And I'm a very hands-on type of person and I like doing everything um but in the corporate world that's simply not possible um so at some point i after two years in a giant company i kind of i had enough 
and I volunteered to be laid off. And then I just took, you know, took some time off and figured out that I'll, you know, I'll, I'll eventually figure out what I want to do next. And mm-hmm. that is when I lost my dog or almost lost my dog. I have to say there's a happy ending to that story. Sure. And, and what does it mean to you to be exceptional? Um, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if it's exceptional, but I just, um, think that you need to have you need to have a specific type of uh, passion. You need you really need to be passionate about something. And if you're driven by passion, then you will definitely go and do things that other people are not doing. Yeah, and and why do you why do you think that or feel that way that we need passion or drive? Like why why, um, why didn't you just say be comfortable? I guess up at that company. I mean, it's um, you, you need to be excited. You know, you need to have a reason to show up that is not money. You know, there, there's a, there's very um, there's research that shows that over a certain amount of compensation, then the rewards kind of um, stop coming, and you're not you're not actually um, benefiting anymore um, from additional compensation beyond, I think, you know, $70,000 a year is the, the, the most uh, a person in the United States need, needs to, to feel content and fulfill their most basic needs. But anything mm-hmm. beyond that, beyond monetary compensation, you need to be excited about something in a way that money just can't give you. And I think that is something that um, gives the, I'm not going to say purpose, but it does give you a reason to maybe try a little harder and look under more rocks to try and find it mm-hmm. and maybe kind of nudge you out of your comfort zone a little bit to, um, to try and see if you can, if you can get it, if you can find it, if you can make, you know, make the world a little better by, by pursuing your, your passion. And was leaving your job to pursue your passion uncomfortable for you? Well, I left my job. I didn't actually leave my job to pursue my passion. I just left my job because I was bored and I was frustrated <laughs> and I had enough. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to, you know, I had a great job, honestly. I, I, I got paid well and I had great benefits and I would travel. My job was basically traveling the world mm-hmm. and um, it, it was great. But also when I, when I actually got there, the job itself was was boring, you know, like there, there's only so many corporate boardrooms around the world you can sit in and, and talk about the same stuff. And the stuff wasn't even interesting, you know, it, it was selling high performance video servers. And I, I doubt there's anyone who's actually passionate about this stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I did not feel passionate. And I felt like, you know, I felt like I could do better. Yeah, and that's a great point. But did you, yeah. how did you know that you could start a company if you've never done it before? Well, I, I worked for very small companies. Uh, one of the first companies I worked for was a very small engineering firm. And we did everything, right? We, I was just hired and I was told, so do this, you know? And I had to kind of engineer the system and, and build it from scratch and learn what I couldn't, when I didn't know I had to learn. So I had to learn how to write device drivers and work uh, with cross compilers and do embedded development. 
and write documentation. And then I was also expected to go and install the system at the customer site and talk to the customer and provide support, right? So I had to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very small company and I loved it. And then I moved on to a bigger company, but I still had to do everything. And then kind of my, my job description, even though I had an official job description, it was basically kind of like a little bit of everything, like a Swiss army knife, you know, you might not have the biggest, um, you know, biggest wrench or the biggest hammer, but you can do some of it um, reasonably well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, then I, I realized, you know, there's no, um, no reason to think that I can't actually do it. And I'll never know, I'll never know if I, d- if I didn't try. Um, so yeah, I, I just went for it. Sure. And, um, yeah, so it sounds like two things. One, constantly being tossed in the fire of, of I guess, of different arenas. Um, and the, the other really important part, I think, is you were constantly in communication with the customer, which I think like even a lot of business people kind of leave out and, and developers too when they're kind of sitting in the back, the back end. Um, you know, yeah. with, yeah. with, with, um, with all, you need to have the customer yell at you several times to, <laughs> to understand what that means, like scream at you in different, when it's not your company yet, but still having the customer scream at you, uh, then you understand what you have to do to make the customer not scream at you um, and that's a very good starting point. I like that. And um, so with, you know, all your, your years of experience, why didn't, why didn't you start a company sooner? <laughs> um, I didn't really find anything, you know, that, that kind of lit a fire under my feet. Mm-hmm. As they say, you know, you need to find something that kind of, kind of once, you know, kind of, makes you want to start sprinting and running and then figure out whatever it is um, to kind of scratch that itch. And I think I was just very, very, I was very comfortable. I was in my comfort zone. I had everything I ever needed. Um, I, you know, I I just didn't have that motivation that really um, made me want to scratch that itch. I I just, I didn't, I didn't have that itch. and working for a startup is really very fulfilling. You are working on a multitude of very, very complicated problems with a lot of other very talented people. And um, it, it's great. You know, it's, it's really, really good. Um, but I think when that happened to me, when I almost lost my dog, I was like, you know what, that's a problem. If that happened to me, it could happen to anyone. And I don't want anyone else to feel the way I do. So I looked for a solution and there wasn't one. So I was, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I was looking for something. Um, and I kind of played around with it for a little bit and it turned into an MVP and that turned into a product. That's awesome. And, um, you know, you mentioned something about like finding that why before you kind of take off. Um, do, you, do you actually think the why needs to come and find you or hit you over the head? Or do you think that you can actually create some momentum by trying different interests and sparking that, that why? Uh, both. I think both. Uh, for me, it was one way, but if you are, you know, if you're a, an expert with, uh, I don't know, encryption or you're an expert in cybersecurity, you can definitely go and just, you know, use your domain expertise to, to 
try, and then you will be at a much better position to iterate faster and fail faster and find whatever it is that needs to be found in order to get a head start and, and really start something. Um, I didn't know anything about the pet industry. I didn't know anything about Bluetooth. I, I knew hardware and software very well, but I never, you know, I never worked with radio and I never worked with pets. I just knew that I love dogs and I wanted to help. Um, so I did learn a lot. I'm assuming if I was uh, part of that industry, if I say worked at corporate Petco, PetSmart, or anything like that, I would have a much better understanding of the market and I would have been able to find, um, you know, find my, my sweet spot much quicker than that and know who to talk to and know who to partner with. Um, you know, you, you see teams raising money to find product market fit all the time. They don't, they don't have it yet, but they're still raising money just because of who they are and how they're able to find it. So I'm guessing you can do both. For sure. And I think for someone who didn't have domain experience, you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> cool, man. All right. So that was today's short episode of talk of the day. Thanks so much for being on.